It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by me old buddy. <laughs> me old pal. It's at IT Hedgehog. It's Peter Jones. Pete, what's going on, buddy? Uh, top of the morning to you, Steve. Oh, yeah. Every- no, <laughs> everything's this- good over here. Oh, Jesus. Now, is it Peter? Is it? I mean, I used to get this type of just blatant discrimination from Ryan Peacock and he's passed it on to you, this top of the morning thing. Fun fact. Do you know what? Actually, this 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 sparks something today. I saw something today and I was just like, oh, my God, no one comes to like an Irishman's defense. So I saw a thing. It was it was something put up on a Man United uh, Twitter feed. Right? Don't ask. But one of them was uh, Nemanja Vidic. I don't know. Are you who do you follow on soccer, Peter? Or do you follow anyone on soccer? There's only there's, there's only one team. That's Chelsea. Chelsea, okay. Well, at least it's in the Premier League and you're not like one of these lads who are like, oh, I only support, you know, League 3. And I'm like, mm, really, Scunthorpe? Oh, my God. So, well, then you'd, you've been familiar with, um, not with winning until recently, until, you know, that's what I mean. But uh, apart from that, um, you know, if you talk about, you know, dynasty, nice, good legacy, good teams like Man United. I mean, I, I say that and I did have Man United um, wallpaper and stuff and, uh, you know, gigs, Ryan gigs, secrets and skills. Uh, I got the video off my grandparents many moons ago and it was about his now little did I know there's probably extra features about like robbing your brother's wife and secrets and skills like that but I only got the kind of crossovers and you know nutmegs and stuff um, so I got that video so I was a fan not too big of a fan now but anyway I, I'll digress but anyway on one of these accounts and I don't know why I still follow it or someone in my timeline retweeted it it said Yapstam who you'll be familiar with Nemanja Vidic and Roy Keane you're in a bar and you get into a fight. Which one would you have, right? And there was obviously very intellectual debate going on about people bludgeoning other people from seeing them play soccer. But one of the things that someone said, Peter, was is that I'd pick Roy Keane because a pub is like a second home for an Irishman. And like, it it had, it had 13 likes and no comments about, oh, boo, that's bad. <laughs> Everyone has a movement these days, but if you slag off the Irish, no, no one cares. Probably because the Irish don't care. But it's just like, come on, nobody, no one's gonna say no. Any, okay. Uh, but anyway, top of the morning to you, Peter, is what I'm uh, saying. Uh, I'm, su- I'm, su- <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Nobody, nobody questioned the second home bit of that. Yeah, I know. It's just well, what's the first? You know, is it? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. But that, that's one thing. For all the American listeners, top of the morning has never been said in Ireland. It's one of those weird things like Tom Cruise's Irish accent that only exists in sort of, you know, La La Land and Hollywood um, and all the rest. But uh, Peter, give us an update. You you went out on, on Twitter and, um, you know, you were saying that you, you weren't feeling great. Is Peter Jones at full tilt now? He's, he's, get, he's getting there. I'm about ready to be activated off off injured reserve steve <laughs> and um <laughs> cl- clearly clearly waiting for the um multi-million dollar offers to come in once free agency starts well look we've young lads breaking legs and there's rumors of like 30 40 million dollar deals coming out so i've every faith peter and um, that you're going to be kicking some ass but before we get too much into it and on the irish team you know what this calls for it's the packer limerick Hiddly I die die hope holy Jesus Now you see the thing is I can't really give out about the Irish stereotype with music like this playing in the background. Now what I will say, Peter, is is that you are you know a bit of a, a bit of a Packers knowledge 
a bit of me fountain of knowledge, let's call you, right? But I want to see if your Limerick skills are up to task. <laughs> and I'll, I'll let you... I'll, we'll warm up, let's call it. Now, I did ask for people to send in their Packers Limericks the last podcast, and people duly did. Now, we've had a couple from a guy called Nigel Armstrong. Funny guy, Nigel. Six of your seven Limericks... No. <laughs> no. I mean, there was a couple of just... All right, I'll read one that's borderline, Peter, right? I'm not going to get too into it because we've only a limited amount of Irish reel here. Um, there's one about Brett Favre, can't read it out. Uh, there's one, right, this this one's borderline, but I understand it because it's how I would feel. Here we go, you ready? I'll try, I'll try read this in an Irish lilt. I have such a green and gold skin that if Aaron were ever to sin, whence I came home one day with my wife he did lay, to the bed sheets I took him right in I mean <laughs> I get it I understand and if that would happen so Peter if your wife your darling faithful wife said that she had an indiscretion with Aaron Rodgers how would you feel about it? Steve I'm speechless I'd have said couldn't you have picked somebody else? oh really? <laughs> I would ask questions. I would look for stats. I'd look for audibles. Um, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd delve right in. Um, yeah, I'd be happy about it. Th apparently, that happened for real with Elvis. I mean, there was plenty of men out there who would say it's all right. This has taken a bit of a turn. Um, so let's let's bring it back, I guess. And this is one again from Nigel Armstrong. And if anybody has an effort, Cassian, great effort. But you got the the rhyme and stuff. Um, you know, it's rhyme, rhyme, and then different rhyme, rhyme. And I'm, I'm not. Let's not get too poetic and into the metrics here. Uh, so, Cassian had a great effort. Uh, this is another one from Nigel. Um, you're gonna like this one as a bit of a Packers historian, Peter. Um, it's the job of the offensive guard to move D men as if they were lard. But our Jerry Kramer, the great Hall of Famer, would dump them out back in the yard. Fantastic. Oh, I know. And if that quality keeps coming in, now let me give one of my own uh, lilt, and then Peter, I'm gonna kick it over to you to see if you have to knock your socks off here. This one's topical. With a rapturous knock on the door, in walked new Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. Murphy then took the mic. Oh, dear Jesus Christ, would you ever give poor Matt the floor? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'll read That's that good. to Mark. If we get Mark Murphy on, I'll read it to him. Now, Peter. <laughs> He'll like that. Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> It'll be followed by a swift beep, beep, beep on the line. Now, Peter, uh, you come out with some fantastic stats and information. You're the Packers man of reason. I just want to know if your William Shakespeare soliloquy style limerick is going to be up to task here. Are you ready to unleash <laughs> yeah, it on the public? I don't know about that, but I shall, I shall, I shall try. Right, I'm sitting back okay. and I'm ready. <laughs> there once were two young Packer backers. Legend says they went totally crackers. Ryan and Steve were their names. Certainly, they've never quite been the same since they started the UK Packers. Oh, you know what? I love that. Now, ego, ego makes me love that because I'm in it, but also it's quite factual. I mean, I like the fact that you've hit the nail on the head here. Oh, Peter, I love it. I love it. Is that the only one you have? Do you have a secret one? The only one, one I have. It, it took me all week to come up with that. I <laughs> when I listened to the podcast last Sunday night, I couldn't sleep all night trying to think of trying to, trying to think of one, and it's taken me all week to come up with that one, Steve. Well, look, uh, Peter, maybe you're just one of those guys who's not the artistic Limerick type. Maybe you're fantastic <laughs> at the, you know, turning a phrase and all that about the Packers, but maybe not in the Limerick form. Nigel Armstrong is putting us all to shame. He has dirty Limericks here coming in about Brett Favre and Aaron Jones and everybody else. 
Um, so again, if I get Aaron Jones on, which it's gone out of his agent for Christ's sake again, um, if I get him on, I mean, I'm not going to read him that limerick. No, I can't do it. He will hang up immediately. And uh, I think, anyway, we won't get into the scandal. That sounds like it's for the X-rated podcast. It is. It definitely is. Yeah, and I think even by reading it out, he gets another ban from the league. I think that's, that's <laughs> okay. what happens. You know, I think we we get him banned on every half. Um, right. So what I'll do is is housekeeping. I always spend too long, so I'm gonna kick it off with some Brett Favre sound effects. Um, so I'm gonna hit you with a sound effect. Say the housekeeping and try to get out of dodge before the other one comes in. I'm gonna try to keep this uh, shorter and sweeter. All right, here we go, fellas. Let's have a little fun today. Happy days. Right. Um, Patreon. Thanks, everybody, for who's ever uh, donated so far. So you can get onto the quid tier, patreon.com forward slash UK Burgers. Uh, or you can get onto the Fiverr tier. After six months, we send you a T-shirt with free uh, postage. And if you choose to donate after that point, uh, we truly thank it. Completely up to you. This podcast is free. Um, if you support, it's great. Um, UK Packers merchandise. So we're going out and getting signed March. I said that on the last podcast, we're going to be doing the same. If you fancy an uh, Jira Alexander or Aaron Rodgers or Mason Crosby or anybody, Kenny Clark, if you want any signed gear, let us know. Uh, we'll import it at a super cheap price, as cheap as we can get it and pass it on to you uh, because we're a fan club and not a business. Um, also, NFL Europe shop. So anybody going to buy March during the off-season or whenever, we have a 10% off code on the website. If you go to ukpackers.co.uk and click on the NFL Europe sign, um, it'll bring you to the 10% off. You can save that link to your favorites or whatever and never pay full price. People often forget about it. They spend the stack and then they realize, damn. Um, and also... Um, Dan Barnes sent in a tweet. So there's an NFL store and this is just shoddy uh, behavior here. I'm going to log on to Twitter as I'm trying to beat the buzzer uh, and get where this place is. Uh, sorry, Dan. I commented on this uh, jumper thing because it looked absolutely tasty. So there is an NFL New Era uh, Europe shop in Stratford and they have some really savage looking stuff. So there's like a baseball Packers top um, and there's also a Packers jacket and stuff like that, which looks deadly. So uh, head along to uh, Stratford. Okay, right. So again, some cool stuff there. Peter, um, I think it's time. So we have our vintage moment uh, set up for, uh, we're going to still focus on Aaron Rodgers and I'm going to kick that over to you to to pick up. But we do that a little bit later. But what I want to talk about at the minute is and you've, you're the man with the finger on the pulse. You gave this fantastic uh, uh, little sort of, you know, diagram, really easy to digest if you're not colorblind, which actually happened, which is the, like, <laughs> it's just crazy that that happened. And it's amazing that this stuff uh, happens. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Chris, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Yeah, but we sorted it. It's it's amazing, isn't it? Because what the, what is what did he say? Was he was red and brown colorblind? Yeah. So on your legend, yeah. you had those colors, um, and he couldn't t- distinguish between the two, which is just uh, bonkers. But you you changed the firm. So what you gave us was this 2019 free agency primer, and it gives us by position and player, and they're color coded to say whether they're unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, exclusive rights free agents. Peter, can you let everybody know what are the key dates? Um, of all of this stuff what do the um, what does the what do the things mean uh, and then on top of that uh, who we're looking at now you can feel free to go through the whole damn thing but if not maybe if you want to just pick out the sort of main ones that you're zeroing in on and we have a bit of a chin mag to see but because it's it's really informative yeah so so let's start with the types of the types of free agent this is this is relatively straightforward so the unrestricted free agent is a player whose contract has expired and he's got four or more years of um, service in the NFL. Yeah. So at that point, an unrestricted free agent, when the free agency period starts, which is the 13th of March, is free to negotiate and sign with any team. 
um, the restricted free agent, similar situation, except that that he has three years of NFL service and providing he's tended what's called a qualifying offer by his existing team, um, that team has the right to match any offer that that player gets from another team. Yeah. So I hope that hope that makes makes sense. This this is where it gets slightly complex. There's three levels of qualifying offer that the existing team can make. So let's let's take Geronimo Allison as a good example from the Packers. So he's a restricted free agent, which means he's played in the league for three years and his contract has expired. Yeah. Um, the Packers can offer him what's called a first round tender a second round tender or an original round tender. The first round tender being the most expensive, the original round tender being the least expensive of the three. What that means is, is that if he were to sign with another team and the Packers chose not to match, they would get a first round pick if they'd, if they'd offered him the first round tender, a second round pick if they'd offered him the second round tender or whatever his original round pick was. Mm which actually I think in Allison's example is probably a bad example because he was actually a free agent. And so if they offered him the lower one of those three and another team matched it and the Packers chose not to match, um, then he would leave the Packers with, with no compensation coming back. That makes sense to me, Steve. Did it make sense to you listening? It made sense to me. Now, when it comes to these um, first, second and original round, I mean, yeah. are they... Are they restricted as to, and that's going to get very confusing because I'm speaking of being restricted in when we're talking about unrestricted, restricted. Uh, are they, you know, is there a limit to how many that, of these that they can offer or? Oh, so, so, oh, sorry. So you can only offer one per player. Yeah. But you could, you could offer all of your players a first round tender, all of your restricted free agents a first round tender if you so choose. Um, but in doing that, you're then guaranteed to pay them whatever that tender number is, which I think for a first round pick is around the 4 million, yeah. the 4 million mark. I don't have the the thing in front of me, but I think it's f 4 million and then 3 million and then 2 million, roughly, roughly speaking for those three. So you can, you can offer as many of those um, or to as many players as, as, as you want to. Yeah, so according to your fantastic graphic, 4.44 million first round, 3.12 million second, and original round is 2.04, and there are the estimated amounts to be confirmed um, next month. So yeah. we have that all locked down, and I guess to, to look at the Packers in particular, because do you know what? And, and I'm, I'm going to try not go on a rant in a little bit. Um, about some of the stuff that I'm seeing online uh, but it's it's going to be hard for me to hold my tongue on some of the stuff because I get that it's the off season and there's certain tropes that go around in the off season like the and again we feed into it just for the crack and it's actually become a running joke here in UK Packers HQ about putting out the concept jerseys because it just drives everybody insane it's okay for every other team but a team as old as the Packers and someone who like you know the, the fan base who like the uniforms um, we always put out this thing of, oh, what do you think is this? <laughs> Just literally to see the reaction of people going crazy. We might start doing it about the Packers should give up a home game, which we know will never happen and we don't <laughs> want them to. But the minute you say it, people just, like, their heads just literally explode online. Um, so just putting it out there. And I, I, you know what? My head explodes when people say, oh, they're never going to give up a home game. Yeah, we know. Um, so... <laughs> there's a couple of these this, this crap that's, that's going around so if we focus in on the, the Packers free agents 
on your graphic, uh, if we want to talk about the unrestricted free agents, so these are basically yeah. the dudes who can, basi- you know, just walk out the door unless they offer them a new contract. Um, uh, let's talk about, I guess, the lower level guys first, who well, some people would imagine, uh, Pete, are kind of foregone conclusions. Well, not really foregone conclusions, but some of that, if they did or didn't stay, people would be like, yeah, okay. Now, offensive line, um, which is an odd one as well, because we have... I don't know consistently so many injuries along the line and there's always people calling into question you know Brian Bolaga and saying he can't stay healthy so when we look at the likes of this we have four players here well screw it let's go restricted non-restricted exclusive rods so the four people listed here Byron Bell who will be unrestricted um, and then the guys who are on exclusive rights free agency is Justin McRae Lucas Patrick and Adam Pankey so what are your opinions on those four players and do we see I think I have in my head who I know who's coming back, but in your opinion. So, so yeah, let's start with the exclusive rights free agents. And we never touched on that. So these are players that have played in the league for two years mm. whose contract has expired. They are not free to negotiate with any other team, yeah. which is why they're exclusive rights free agents. So I think that my gut feel today is that Panky, Patrick and McRae will all re-sign with the Packers. Mm. Um, that doesn't mean that they'll make the 53-man roster come September, of course. Yeah. So so remember that in the NFL, very few contracts are guaranteed, particularly those at the bottom end of the roster, if you like. So th- there's very little um, penalty, if that's the right word, for the Packers re-signing those guys. So, so, so I fully expect that that Panky, Patrick, and McRae will will be re-signed. Um, I don't expect that Byron Bell will be re-signed. Mm. Um, and why do you think that is? Is that based on player cost? So, so I, th- so I think it's a mixture of play and cost. Yeah. You know, his 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 cap number off the top of my head was around the two million mark in in twenty eighteen. Um, I I think that the Packers will decide, I would imagine that they'll decide to, to, to cut the to cut the cord with him. I don't think that they got $2 million worth of value out of him in, in, in 2018, and I think it's probably time to move on. Yeah, because I, I think if people remember, wasn't he kind of effectively a stopgap and plaster for the yeah. offensive line because of injury, so they brought him in, so that they, he was an expensive... St- well, I look relatively cheap i guess on, on the grander scheme of things but like you say um he's there was there was rumors in fact that he would be cut um last year and then you know he ended up making the like i, I, I don't think i believe i i had him sign him with the packers but they ended up keeping him um, and then his play did i believe get better as the season went on yeah i i but, yeah. yeah i mean I, I i think that they expected him to to do a similar job to the one that jari evans did in 2017 yeah and 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 he didn't, and I think around about two million cost, you know, and and your rookie minimum salary, rookie salary, is going to be around four hundred and ninety thousand, five hundred thousand. At some point, you have to say, actually, you know what? I'm probably going to draft somebody fifth, sixth, seventh round on a minimum salary, and I've uh, you know, and and I've straight straight away, I'm one point five million better off than I was last year for probably an equal value player. Yeah. And, you know, and it's not easy, but those are the decisions that, you know, the front office has to make. And I, I would fully expect them to make that one. 
Yeah, yeah. I think there's other areas of the roster that are an awful lot more important. Now, look, that said, offensive line is extremely important, but we're not talking about let's take the whole offensive line and see who we keep. It's literally only people that are going to hit um, some form of free agency. Um, another one that I think is kind of a foregone conclusion as well as tight end. Um, so Lance Kendricks, Mercedes Lewis, both yep. unrestricted free agents with Robert Tanyan, an exclusive rights free agent. Um, do, am I right in saying that you hold a sort of consensus that uh, Lance Kendricks, Mercedes Lewis walks and they keep Robert yes. Tanyan? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I absolutely, I absolutely would, would, would agree with that. And and I would probably agree with that, even if those two guys weren't unrestricted free agents. Yeah. I, I you know I'd probably be looking at, in terms of building the roster, they've already indicated, for good or for bad, that Jimmy Graham's coming back. They've got Robert Tonyan. I would expect them to to either pick up a guy in free agency or more likely draft draft a guy relatively high. Um, so he's your future guy after after Graham spent another year, possibly two years in Green Bay, and those are your three tight ends going for you know going into 2019, and that and that seems like a you know a, a reasonable way to build that roster at that position. Yeah, and I went into um, Jimmy Graham on the last podcast. Now I know his numbers didn't blow anybody away, but then when you looked at it, he had you know. The amount, I think it was maybe the third best amount of yardage as a tight end in Packers history, um, and now two touchdowns, which was abysmal. Eight targets, um, in the red zone, which again is abysmal. But you'd expect that to get better, especially with this seemingly exotic scheme. <laughs> How are you sold on Jimmy Graham and him coming back? I I, I sense a bit of trepidation in the old no, voice talking about. So so, so 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 my 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 gut feel even before the kind of an announcement came out through the through the media was was to have him back for another for another year for 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 a number of reasons one because you know it's likely that Kendricks and Lewis are gone and you really don't want to head into any part of the off season with just Robert Tonyan there no yeah. disrespect to Tonyan but it's a one year guy that caught five passes last year so 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 right now he's not the second coming of Rob Gronkowski um so I think it would have been dangerous to do that. I also think that, like you, Steve, I, if you look at the numbers, and numbers don't always tell the full story, but his year wasn't quite as bad as it's perceived. Did he give value for, for the cost? No. Mm-hmm. But, but some, sometimes that's just, that's, that's just the way it is. Was he the Jimmy Graham that we all hoped he was going to be? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And that's probably part of why we all feel let down. We all feel a little bit about it because we kind of expected, you know, 80 catches, 900 yards, 10 touchdowns. And we got somewhat less, somewhat less than that. But we didn't, we didn't get a horrible season. Yeah, it was a so-so. And like you say, it wasn't value for money. And that's what's going to stand out is that you kind of effectively overpaid for someone. And the expectation was so high. I can't count the amount of um, Graham jerseys that I've seen out there. Um, <laughs> and I, I won't lie, when I heard of the signing, I was like, ballsy move and getting myself a Graham jersey if the season goes right. I haven't placed that order as of yet. Now, the thing is, 
He's a year removed from a 10-touchdown season, and it's not even going to be a case. I I reckon, now, now correct me if I'm, if I'm talking BS, but this season coming, this is the make or break, I guess, for Jimmy Graham. I don't think he's going to be given the leeway to say, because like first year in Seattle, two touchdowns and similar amount of yardage that he had in Green Bay. So you'd expect a step up in year two. That's not because Jimmy's, you know, getting used to the NFL. You know, he's, he's creating that chemistry. They're fitting him into the system a bit more. They do something and see that that's obviously not working with him. So they need to do something else. Um, you know, so it, it kind of works a bit better or whatever they sort of wrangle around. Now, with this offense that's coming, if it is a bit more inventive and they do utilize these wingspan, because I've seen articles out there it's only this week saying that physically um, he's taken a turn, he's gone downhill, he's a bit old, he doesn't have the wheels that he used to have um, and all the rest. I don't know if that's uh, necessarily true, but I do know that for players like him with his ability and wingspan is that you can definitely scheme him open. Uh, to a degree in the end zone Rob Gronkowski for instance is actually falling apart he should be like the bionic man uh, because he's taken that much punishment um, in the past and of course everyone focuses in on the fact that Jimmy Graham wouldn't be the best blocker um, as well so there's some sort of BS going around as well about certain tight ends that they can sign as well um, yeah, yeah so. No, so so I, I, I would I would agree with all of that I think that but I think you have you know as, as you've pointed out 56 catches or whatever it was last year uh, that's a lot of catches to take off the roster without anybody to replace him. Yeah. Um, you know, if they if they draft the guy high this year, which we'll probably get to in a in a, in a little while, then 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 it's a different discussion probably this time next year. But 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 we are where we are, and it feels to me in terms of building the roster for 2019 with a new head coach, likely to to feature the tight ends more in the in the passing game likely not to ask Graham to do stuff that he's never been capable of doing, um, then, I, then I think it's, for me, it's only right that he comes back. Yes, there's lots of question marks. And, and, I, and I just as equally understand people sitting on the other side of the, of the argument that don't, that don't want him back. But that's just, you know, that's just where my, where my head is. Yeah. And I, do you know what? I think from an analysis standpoint, it would be very easy to say, uh, rubbish season, don't bring him back. He comes back, has a bad season and they go, see? You know, I think there's an awful lot more to lose if you stand behind the decision and say, yeah, I think he's going to do a job here. And then he doesn't because he has age against them, whatever, you know. Um, But I guess let's stick with the offensive side of the ball here. Wide receiver, uh, there was those weepy images of Randall Cobb and Aaron Rodgers, which were heartbreaking to see. Um, And the chemistry between those guys, Aaron Rodgers was always coming out, you know, speaking very highly of him, apparently. Uh, McCarthy used to think very highly of him and there was all these rumours flooding around that you know without those two guys pulling for him that he might not have had that longevity in Green Bay um, and I don't know I think they're unsubstantiated and from looking at uh, his reliability and his catch rate the dude caught basically everything uh, that was thrown his way he was very reliable um, so he's one of the guys that's unrestricted that is is a big name um, and then outside of that we have restricted free agent Jeronim Allison and exclusive rights free agent Jay Kumro. How do you stand on all three of those, Pete? So, so Kumro will definitely get re-signed. I've no, I've no, I've no doubt about that. And and he will get again into this kind of preseason training camp battle mm. for one of the fifty-three roster spots. So, so, so I've no no question about about Kumro, and and he should be. You know, there's absolutely you know, no question him. In my mind, whether he makes the final 53, I think it's going to be a very similar situation for him going into camp again this year. Everybody's everybody's rooting for him. Um, 
but it's a business and it's going to be a numbers game, you know, at the point of the cut down to 53. Um, Randall Cobb, this is this is going to be a dollars and cents situation. I I, I get the feeling that, that there will be a team that's going to come in and speak to him and offer him seven, eight million dollars a year, which is, um, you know, less than what he got with the Packers last year. I think his cap number was around 11 or 12. Yeah. Um, but seven or eight is probably more than I would probably pay for him at this stage in, in his career. Um, but I think it's a real question of, of, of dollars and cents, to be honest with you, Steve. I think it just depends on whether there's a team out there prepared to pay that kind of money. Um, if not, if the number's closer to five or six, he could be back. And how do you, what do you think the likelihood is of that, Peter? I mean, because we've seen the likes of Jordy Nelson that apparently what was put out there, again, I don't know if this is true, that it was an insulting offer. Um, and he said, right, there's nothing I can do, but I have to leave. And that there was all these rumours, and who knows, because Jordy was such a, a, a private guy, is that he would have came back if the price was right, even if it was, albeit a bit low. Like, is that the case here with Randall Cobb? Will they offer him something insulting and he'll stick around if he wants to? Or will they be more realistic with a player like a slot receiver like Randall Cobb? So, so I think they'll be realistic in their own heads. Um, you know, they're going to put a value on on Cobb at this stage in his career. What is he, 29 years old, 29, 30? Yeah. But, but a lot of miles, you know, a lot of miles on the clock for him. And, and you know, I, I feel the same way. When you can get him out on the field, you know, he's a very effective, very effective receiver. you only got to look back to, to week one of the season just gone. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's laid it all out there for the Packers over a number of years, seeming seemingly getting a little bit more beaten up and, and what have you. Um, they'll probably make him an offer in private, mm. um, but it may be around the 4 million mark, which may not be acceptable to him. Yeah. So if I was put, to put a percentage on it, I would suspect 70, 30 that he's not coming back to the Packers, but, uh, but I wouldn't rule it out totally. Yeah, I'm probably about the same or maybe a bit more that he's not going to come back. I reckon that, I don't know, I reckon the young wide receivers that we have probably trump them. But the confusion with me really is, and this is where I don't know what direction they're going to go in. And although, you know, we kind of like to stick to the free agency talk, is that there's all this talk about Beasley coming to, to Green Bay um, to to fill in there at, at slot receiver. um. I mean, how realistic is any of this, Peter, do you think? Because surely he's going to command a fairly sizable wage, if not comparable. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it's to give up Randall Cobb for Beasley. Now, some, there's people screaming at the at the radios now saying, yeah, of course, <laughs> because of just the beastly Beasley stuff that he's able to do. Would you be a fan of bringing in a diminutive wide receiver to fill the slot at, at sort of, you know, with an experienced veteran like Beasley? Or would you be of the mind of stick with Cobb or just do away with that whole idea at all? So, so I, I, I think I think they're going to be in on free agency for a potentially a number of receivers in the hope that they get in the hope that they get one, right? So, 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 so I'm not expecting them to go out and sign two or three, but I think they're going to be they'll have two or three in their in their minds. Beasley being one of them, and Beasley's probably talked about because a there was the tweet by 
somebody responding to to Beasley's tweet, and you got one of an expat Donald Driver, I think it was, that responded yeah. to a tweet by. So I think that's kind of stirred the Packer kind of um, conversation conversation around 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 Beasley. But I think that um, I don't think you're getting a lot more with Beasley than what you'd get with Cobb if that's you know the crux of the the crux of the question. Would I pay Beasley more than I would pay Cobb? No, I think they're in a very similar situation. And Beasley's slightly older, but very similar situation, very similar part of their career. So if you're going to pay Beasley six, seven, eight million, whatever that number is, then you may as well pay that to Cobb. I, I, I would suspect that 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 Beasley will be on their radar. Mm. Um, but there's a bunch of other guys out there in free agency, like Devin Funches from Carolina, Humphreys from Tampa Bay, who will also be on their, who will also be on their radar. And I think it, you know it's going to come down to dollars and cents. It's also going to come down to what their thinking is around around the draft as well, because the free agency period and the and the draft are so close together. Yeah, you're now looking at almost two halves of a whole here, you know, and 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 if they've in their mind that they've got two or three wide receivers in their heads that actually, you know, what we're going to take one of these guys if they're available in the in the second or or third round. Then, then, then they may not progress going for a wide receiver at all in free agency, or indeed they may do what lots of teams are doing and wait for free agency to kind of half play out and see who's left at the at the end of that half of the period, because you're likely to get somebody at, at a lower cost. Yeah, I mean we saw some curiosity like that around the safety position last year. Uh, with the honey badger and just the fact that the market wasn't there even though they thought yep. it was you know and it was just incredible to see people holding out for the draft or whatever uh reason was behind it now i still see articles to today saying that they oh we just don't understand what happened there and then we're, we're kind of you know safety i think is really intriguing for the packers but if we stick on wide receiver i am dying to know what you think of Geronimo allison what his prospects are in green bay um so, so I think I think they'd like to have him back. Mm. I think they will. I think they will will tender him at the original round tender, which which I believe for for Allison actually actually means that there, there's no compensation based on that. But it means that 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 two million figure somebody would have to offer him more than that two million per year figure um, to sign him. Um, and I think that's kind of where their head is. I think they'll 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 offer that tender. I think they'll wait to see how it plays out to see whether another team offers him silly money, mm. in which case they'll let him go. If another team offers him perhaps slightly more than that, slightly more than that tender, but under what what would have been the second round tender, then I think they'll match it. Um, so I think that's probably right where their head is. I think he's one of those guys that they'd like to have back. But it's not the end of the world if he if he moved on. Yeah, I I I like the guy, and I, I was very impressed in his 
first year in Green Bay and you know when I saw him now he, again he was a stopgap and he was kind of like a desperation throw from Aaron Rodgers but I just like the way he was he's, he's streaky streaking across the end zone it's one pass in particular that I just I don't know why it always stands out of my head about him I like him but I have been eroded by MVS and ESB um, <laughs> and their sort of their, their likeness to him now of course people are going to be screaming at the radio again and they're going to say well they're not anything alike yes they're tall uh, but they probably see more of an upside with those other two young receivers and I would tend to agree but I don't know Allison to me seems like a guy who I don't know I I don't know what it is that he could be a legit uh, number two and I don't know what that is and I don't know whether it was that air of confidence about himself last season um, you know in interviews when he'd sort of he'd seem like he, he'd done it all and then uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers calls him Gmo. So I was kind of thinking, Gmo. I mean, Jesus, he has to be second uh, wide receiver. I don't know what it is. I just think that well, he could have a big upside. Yeah, and I think that it became clear, you know, before Allison got injured, that there was a growing relationship between Rodgers and and Gmo. Yeah, and and that that you know he's one of those receivers that Rodgers Rodgers does trust, and those and those tend to be few and far between. <laughs> um, but you know, he definitely is one of those that that, that you trust, and and you know, he appeared to be a player on the upswing. Mm. It's unfortunate that he got injured where, where when he did because we didn't see how high that upswing upswing went, or or you know could potentially go. So yeah, he's one of those guys that I would be more than happy to have back, absolutely. And I and I, and I would imagine the Packers are in the same situation that again it comes down to dollars and cents. I can't imagine that there's a that there's a team out there that's going to offer him silly money. Yeah. So I can't imagine there's a team out there that's going to suddenly offer him, you know, twenty million over three years, the best part of seven million. I don't see that. No. But if somebody does, then he's then then you have to imagine that he's that he's gone because I don't think I, I don't think you can pay that given the you know, the salary cap situation and, and the fact that you've got some bigger holes perhaps at other positions. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, if he didn't come back and he was signed by a different team, I would be completely happy with MVS and ESB to go into the season. Now, the only thing is, is that like what type of what type of picture does that shape up to be if Cobb is gone, Allison is gone? Um, and as well as that, Kumaro is one of these feel-good factors. But like you say, it still is a training camp battle for this guy. I don't think he's sort of ordained at all. And we saw that when he came in at the tail end of last season. I mean, he came onto the field and he was expected to kind of, oh, here he is going to light it up now. Was like was barely targeted, you know. And it's sort of, I think we need to keep sort of our. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I, 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 I. I try and look at the bigger picture on, on, on some of these guys. And, and if you look at Kumro, you know, he's bounced around the league for, you know, for five or six different teams. Yeah. We've all taken a look at him and released him. There's a reason for that. Mm. You know, there's a reason why guys don't catch on at six different, at six different teams. So, so, you know, he's, he's suddenly not the second coming of, of, of Sterling Sharp. Mm. Um, you noticed I got my Sterling Sharp mention in again on on this <laughs> podcast, um, but you know, and, and we have to to be fair to to him and to and to everybody. We kind of have to rein in those expectations. Yeah. You know what what we're hoping for is that he takes another step forward, gets on the field more often, catches more passes. You know, he might have a thirty catch season or a forty catch season, and and you know, at fifteen yards a pop and a few touchdowns, and and actually, you know. 
he's doing a really good job as a number three or number four receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of where you have to where you have to look at that. Yeah, and I mean, all of this talk of, well, he didn't have Aaron Rodgers in those last places. Uh, also, give me a break. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, we, we take the tinfoil hats off and keep the realistic ones on. Now, defensive side of the ball. A couple of intriguing prospects here. Maybe I can um, put some of these together and give my opinion, I guess. Cornerback, Devon House, gone. Um, defensive line, Mo Wilkerson, interesting, injured, didn't get to show his potential. What did he do there? What type of contract does he accept? What other team elsewhere in the league will give him a better contract that the Packers will potentially offer uh, with what he's put on tape and the off-the-field issues um, as well? Bashad Breland, I reckon they bring him back. Um, and then linebacker, another intriguing one there for me, Jake Ryan. Um, I think he's gone, to be honest. Clay Matthews, think he's gone. Um, Ibrahim Campbell at safety. Like I was super impressed by this guy uh, last season to the point where he was folding people over and I was like, who is this guy? Kentrell Bryce, another very intriguing uh, prospect. I mean, th- there's a lot of really interesting stuff here, but my overall take on all of this is is that Clay Matthews is gone. Mo Wilkerson brought back, if no one offers him uh, anything else crazy, and Bashad Breeland surely... Um, has to come back now he had an he had an outbreak on twitter and i think some of his agent must have got on to him and said mention it's not about the packers so then he got in so oh, nothing about the packers here because he was getting annoyed that people were trying to dog him um and we put out on on the group twitter we found that he balled out um last season and again someone who got better as as the season progressed where's your head at what with, with this defensive side of the ball uh here peter and do you agree with anything that i've said I think I agree with nearly everything you just said, Steve. So, so, so I think there's I think there's three players there that, in an ideal world, you would do what you can within reason to get those guys back. And I think that's Breland, I think that's Wilkerson, and I think that's Ibrahim Campbell. Yeah. Um, Wilkerson's an interesting one. Only got to play three games. You know, his his cap number last year was around five million. Um, is that the kind of number that you were bringing back out? I would suspect yes. So 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 so, so I would suspect that the the Packers would be looking to offer him between four and a half and and, and five and a half somewhere in that region. Yeah. Um, and you know, it would be a case of if there's another team out there that's going to pay you eight million a year. Good luck to you. Because I don't think there's that team out there, but but you know I think the Packers again, you know you have to put a value on the player. He was five million last year. I I see no reason why he's significantly different to that number this year. Yeah, you know the cap's gone up, so um, five million sounds a reasonable number for a player of his his past ability. You know, and we'll, we're not a hundred percent certain if that's still there, but. You know, you never you never can be from year from year to year, but the five million number feels about right. And if you can get him back for that, I would be I would be more than happy. Um, I'm in the same space as you around around Breland. Definitely bring bring him back. You can't get enough of those good guys at the, at, at, at the back end. You know, um, so definitely bring him back. And I, I feel exactly the same way as you do about about Campbell. He's going to be he's going to be cheap. And he played he played well in amongst what was at times a very pitiful safety position in in 2018. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would definitely be looking at bringing those those three back. 
Um, I think I, I agree. I think Jake Ryan has gone. Um, I'd be surprised if they if they were to bring him back. Clay Matthews, I keep going back and forth on. Um, Can we again, put a I disclaimer think... on this with you now? Because uh, you're quite friendly with Clay's sister. Uh, you're a big proponent of his father getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, you're you're a Packers um, anorak. I mean, you you've seen Clay throughout the years. You're able to compare him to past players. You see his stats and records. Uh, so, is this an internal conflict for you, or are you <laughs> no, able no, it, to look at this objectively and sort is, of? No, it is. An, it absolutely is. And you're right to put those disclaimers on it. It, it is. It is an in, in, internal conflict for me. And again, I, I try to try to be dispassionate and say it's about value <laughs> for money. Yeah. Right. It's it's about you know. He's earning his cap number was off the top of my head, 11 million or something like that in 2018. Yeah. He, he isn't coming back for that money. All right. So the numbers less than that, the numbers probably six or seven. Um, and, and it's exactly the same thing. Would he come back to green Bay for six, six or seven? Possibly. Would, would, Another team, is there one team out of the other 31 out there that's likely to offer him more than that? And the answer is probably yes. Uh, and that's not suggesting that he's necessarily worth more than that. That's for everybody, everybody to judge. But there's always teams that will overpay, particularly for a pass rusher, particularly for somebody with his history, taking a chance on the fact that, well, maybe... 2018 was a down year. His sack number doesn't really reflect his play. Am I prepared to pay him, you know, 20 million over two years, including a bunch of incentives? There's probably a team out there that would do that. Mm. So it's the same old, almost sitting on the fence answer for me is I would bring him back at the right money, which is, you know, 6 million, 7 million, that kind of, that kind of number. And I would probably be, be asking him to play a lot more inside alongside alongside Martinez and then perhaps using him as a pass rusher on third down that was going to be my question then you know is where do we play him do we do we put to bed that debate of outside versus inside and say he is an inside linebacker with for, for, for me for me I think I think I think it could extend his career by 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 moving inside you know um but that's just my view you know, his his view might be might be completely different to that. He might still think he's got a lot more in the tank as a as a outside linebacker in a in a three four. And there's likely a team out there, whoever it may be, that will feel the same way. Yeah, and I mean, look, we're we're looking as well here at uh, free agency, so we're not looking at the players that are just a clear cut with potential uh, salary cap casualty for doing so. Um, so Rob Domofsky brought out an article that was pretty good. Maybe we can leave this to, to chew on for next week. Uh, I think there's there's plenty of mileage still in it and, and some good debate. Um, in it, you know, Rob talks about Jimmy Graham, who's rumoured to come back. I think from what we've discussed, uh, Pete, we're in agreement with that, that yes, it, was, it wasn't value for money last year, but the upside um, could be worth it. He talks about Brian Balaga, Nick Perry. Nick Perry is an interesting one for me. Uh, Tremont Williams... Like that, that one's crazy. The fact that the guy's going to be 36 going into the season. Um, Mason Crosby, again, like Mason Crosby is to me what the Matthews family is to you. I just have, 
this undying love for this man. Now, he's been on the podcast a couple of times and I often criticize people for bias uh, when it comes on to getting people on their shows and you'll find that some people will get a player on. They've got no right to get behind them for certain situations if they look at it objectively. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for Clay Matches because he's a just a, a titan in Green Bay. Uh, and Mason Crosby, I can see why based on age and salary and if if you're going to take one game, that Detroit game uh, last year, which he had his, I think it what was he, an NFC special team of the week, the next week, uh, because he smashed it. So I don't, I think it was just a blip and, and a bad game for a number of different reasons. And I think I would have went that on the podcast there. Um, Pete, so I don't know if you have any quick takes on some of those players or whether you want to leave it to next week. Yeah, so, so, so. It may be worth picking up on the on the potential, if you like, salary cap cuts. You know, Perry. Mm. You know, there's some that suggest that Katie Perry would have been a better outside. <laughs> but but we'll put we'll put those to one side for for next week. The, the the interesting one for me there that you just talked about, Mason Crosby. I I think he's only at risk, and I think it's a really minor risk because of his salary. Yeah. Right? So I don't think this is a a big drop in performance or any or anything like that. He had one week that was an aberration. And and to be honest, we don't know how much of that was down to the snap and the hold and everything else. So, mm-hmm. so, so, so there's a one-off aberration there. I, th- I think his only question is he's the second highest paid kicker in the league. And if the Packers were to get into salary cap difficulties, he could be in trouble. Yeah. I doubt it very much. I doubt, you know, I, I doubt it very much, but but I did ask the question on the on on the um, on the forum about about that and got lots of lots of responses which were all very much bring bring Mason back. So I think the consensus out there is is we want to keep him. And I'm in agreement because as we know, me and Mason are related in some way because he's been on the podcast so much. Uh, <laughs> no, I look, I think he's a fantastic player. He showed it in college. He had a, a down crap year where he you know effectively got the yips in Green Bay. And, and showed the mental fortitude to come back and kick ass. Uh, he had that aberration of a game against Detroit, came back and was, you know, special teamer of the week um, for what it's worth. Now, if he's special teamer of the, he's the special teamer of the century for the Packers, top point scorer, and also in a special team unit, that was a, an abomination. I mean, he's, you know, he's a standout guy. Um, I, don't, so, I don't think I've mentioned that at all. I, <laughs> I, love, I love every game because the minute they make a mistake, I'm like, I can just feel Peter exploding in his armchair right now because... It's just, you know, you would point it out every week that like this, what, how, like just and because it was penalties and, and sort of useless crap like that. And uh, did the season end on a on a special team uh, mishap? Was it uh, Jackson was was offside? Something ridiculous anyway. Um, so look, uh, before we get into potential free agents that are out there and articles that are whizzing about the Internet, I reckon it's time that we hit the button here on the vintage moment of the week. this better than anybody end zone Cobb touchdown unbelievable um okay pete so um 
as always, it's fantastic to have you on. And I would like you to uh, kick us off with a bit of vintage moment and what you would select this week uh, to have a chinwag about. So, so the vintage moment for me, because we're talking so much about this this moment in time and the NFL draft coming up, is is Aaron Rodgers' experience in the 2005 NFL draft. It was nothing but positive, as far as I remember. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it looked like he got lots of cups of coffee and I don't know what drinks sitting in the green room. Yeah. You see, as a dad of two young kids, that's what I look forward to at the weekend. So that sounds like something <laughs> great to me. Uh, so, I mean, he, you know, he was living the dream. But let me just ask you this, Pete, right? So when we talk about this moment, it is, this goes down on Packers folklore as being, as being a big moment. Um, a couple of questions. Number one, was this as big of a travesty as they make out post-event? Um, because when you look, there's actually like a mini documentary thing on this on YouTube. If anyone put, uh, types in Aaron Rodgers draft or Aaron Rodgers 2005, and it goes into um, what they do in it is is that they, with hindsight, they deliberately almost take the piss out of analysts because uh, so we know how the story goes. Um, you know, Alex Smith gets selected number one. Aaron Rodgers is told by the Niners his childhood dream team that he's going to be selected and then doesn't, and then he keeps falling down the draft board. You know past teams that allegedly told him oh yes you know we're very impressed by it now my question is because the, again with these with these analysts to go oh if you look at the release of aaron Rodgers, you know his, his throws downfield aren't great or the you know he hasn't got enough of that on tape and all this and they kind of make them look like fools here but what i will see is that if you go into any uh, sort of analyst before a player comes out and, and goes on to greatness we only have to look at tom brady and russell wilson as two really quick examples as to where you can defy these analysts in air quotes and critics um so hindsight is a wonderful thing was this such an embarrassment that they make out on these things back in the day for you when you when you look at this sort of in the in the cold light of day yes um yeah, so I mean, what, <laughs> so, was so, it the super cringe moment for you? So, so, so yeah, the the thing for me was, and it's easy for me to sit here and and say and say this now, um, without any without any proof to back it up, but you'll just have to believe me. <laughs> yeah, that that I thought that going into the two thousand and five draft that that Aaron Rodgers was the best player out there. Yeah, and. I think that there were a number of teams that thought the same thing. And, and I've seen um, Andrew Brandt, who worked in the Packers front office back then um, under Ted Thompson. Um, he has since tweeted, actually, in the, very recently, that, that the Packers had Aaron Rodgers as the number one player on their draft board in 2005. Wow. Um, now, of course, what happened, what, what in essence happened was there weren't that many teams looking for a quarterback. And it came down to a choice of of two players, Alec, Alex Smith at Utah and Aaron Rodgers, California. And two very different types of quarterback. Yeah, Rodgers was at, at that stage more your classic drop back passer. Yes, mobile, but not mobile in the Alex Smith sense of, of of mobile. And you know, the 49ers chose chose Alex Smith, which I know broke Aaron Rodgers' heart, being you know a, lo a local guy. And um, from there, it just got to the situation where the, where most of the teams in between the 49ers picking at one and the Packers picking at 24 weren't looking for a quarterback. Yeah. 
So, you know, there were no other quarterbacks taken between Smith at one and Rogers at 24. And, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of good players that were taken, you know, um, but there weren't a whole bunch of players that turned out to be future, future hall of famers there. I mean, I don't know if people can remember. And the number two pick, for example, was a running back out of Auburn, Ronnie Brown, who went to Miami, who was decent for a few years, but, you know, never burn it up. Um, Cedric Benson went to the Bears at four. Um, didn't hang around that long. And there aren't a whole bunches of people that, between one and 24 that you think, actually, I understand, you know, that particular pick. Um, you know, people that watch, that are familiar with the ESPN College game day, so there's probably some of the, some of the listeners that, you know, intensely watch it on a, on a Saturday. David Pollock. From from game day was one of those guys picked um, around about sixteen seventeen went to the went to the Bengals and his his NFL career was was not very long yeah and there's a whole bunch of those guys and it was it's one of those strange drafts where not so many great players came out in the in the first round and it, it purely came down to teams that were looking for a quarterback or lack of teams that were looking for a quarterback I think that had the 49ers taken Rodgers. Alex Smith could easily have gone to the Packers at 24. It could have just as easily worked the other way around. Yeah, it's it's an incre- it's an incredible thing, really, for the legacy that it left. Um, now, again, what I will say is, is like for whatever about Aaron Rodgers being number one or the de facto number one, which he was seen as coming in, and then it sort of flip flopped, and it had to do with uh, perceived attitude and and fit, you know, sort of the style of play and the personnel in the front office and all of this complex stuff that went into it. Um, and then they credit the fact that, you know, the quarterback contracts back then, rookie quarterback contracts were insane. So for you to take a player that you were at least even slightly iffy about that you wouldn't do it, then the other teams wouldn't take one for the sake of it to just have them sit there um, because the amount of money that they'd have to pay and, and all the rest. So all of that factors into it. But I guess it had a massive lasting impact on Packers history not only because of the player that he became but the battle that they had with Favre retiring and then Dog and Aaron Rodgers and all that and it all culminates to leave this chip on Aaron Rodgers shoulders that who knows if he had have been drafted first if he would have ended up the player that he was now all would say that he did that he would have and that there would be no difference and that, you know, the Niners would have a plethora of Super Bowl trophies and all the rest, but you quite simply don't know. You don't know the, the mental impact and the anguish that it had um, of them going against Aaron Rodgers and calling for Brett Favre and the front office and Mark Murphy and uh, McCarthy for sticking by Rodgers and for him remembering that and feeling indebted then to the people that he played for and, and for that to work out and that relationship to build. Yeah, I, no, I absolutely agree with that. And, and and it's always horses for courses as well. You just don't know that somebody walking into a different situation, um, whether he might have been thrown in there as a rookie, um, badly beaten up and, 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 and didn't play again, or his confidence shot, you yeah. just don't know. Um, you know, would he would he have had the right the right teachers, the right quarterbacks, coach, the right offensive coordinator? With You just don't know the situation that how you know how that situation would impact a player 
which is which is very much what happens with free agency you know you get guys that are a success at one team mm. and when they and when they go to another team they just kind of disappear off the face of the earth which is why just like the draft free agency is not an exact business and and you know it's horses for courses and it's what you feel comfortable and it's you know for people listening it will be you know from moving from one job to another the grass isn't always greener and you suddenly find in the, in the new job you think ah oh, i don't know i don't like my boss i don't like the people i i, I work with i don't like the mm. atmosphere etc cetera, etc cetera. even though you you know you've been highly successful in your previous role so it's always there's always a number of question marks that you'll never know the answer to. Yeah, and I mean, we all get into jobs or we've seen people get into jobs where they have a good attitude and they might not be technically strong, but they just happen to be on a team where the people underneath them that report to them are incredibly strong. So with their people skill coupled with the people that work for them's technical skill, it all works out. They move across and it doesn't quite pan out. But the one thing that stands out to me and why this is such a good vintage moment and how it's kind of like it's almost rhetorical i guess in a way but when you look at the chip that that left on aaron Rodgers' shoulders he goes on and does what he does and he always sort of said that that fueled the fire that he had this chip in his shoulder to prove something he's not at the stage in his career now where he has anything to prove so it, it's it's interesting and i heard people talk about this with the likes of movie stars or top athletes what keeps them going so uh, Chris D'Elia funny comedian has a podcast and he goes into the rock you know he's kind of saying like this is a guy who went from one industry to the next was tipped not to to do well he does he's the highest paid movie star on the planet and then he gets offered Jumanji and he decides to do it you know he's kind of like yeah. why I mean he's getting so much money he's you know physically in the best shape ever what's the driving force behind it now what I would say with Aaron Rodgers is and this is something that uh, you know you can read into or not but the and I've said it before on the podcast now recently a couple of times I guess that he had this chip in his shoulder and uh, then the Brett Favre thing happened which would have dr- driven him on even more to make that impression and take the step up not that that would work if he was a bad quarterback he obviously has the natural talent and skill then he gets paid this whopper contract after winning the Super Bowl quite some time ago let's face it now uh, but you know when he was up on the podium and on that podcast that he had with that comedian dude and he's saying you know Jesus there's more to life than this you know, is that is that sort of an erosion of motivation in a way for him to be like, eh, you know, I've kind of been to the summit and what what spurns people on, and now he gets paid the massive contract, Pete. So it's kind of like, do you think that his last season in Green Bay is an indicator that he's even more headstrong than ever because he's not wanting to listen to the coach because he wants to win so much, or has the edge been taken off because he doesn't have anything to fuel that chip anymore because he's been there done that and is the highest paid so i think he's going to bounce back in 2019 i i think that i think his legacy would be slightly damaged if he had another bad year under a different coach uh, because because i think you know if you look at 20 2018 lots of finger pointing at the play calling at the system at, yeah it's antiquated and whatever else I think that a repeat of 2018 and 2019 for for Aaron would be, hmm, maybe it wasn't the system. <laughs> um, and I don't think that situation. I don't think that situation will will, will occur. I, I've no doubt that that there's an erosion of the physical skills. Right? That that's just age, um, and that happens with with all players. It happens with all of us. Um, 
but but I think that the mental skills are still sharp, um, and and I think he will bounce back in 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 2019, and I think he might find it quite interesting to be working just to hear a different voice with a different system, and perhaps have slightly more of his own input into that. Your question about reaching the summit's an interesting one because Brett Favre said exactly the same thing. Yeah, I remember Favre talking about you know the '96 team, the '96 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 31, and you know he stood up there on the podium. Almost the exact words that Roger said. You know, Favre stood up there on the podium, obviously elated and, and whatever else, and, and he kind of looked around and thought, "Well, what now?" Um. Favre was good enough and probably was had a good enough team around him as well to quickly bounce bounce back heading into the next year and go back to go back to the Super Bowl. And that was a better team. And that was a better team than the 2010 team. And I know I've run polls recently where the results been the other way around. But yeah. but you look at the ninety-six team, it was a better all round team. So I think that obviously helped Favre. Rogers is a little bit more, I think, maverick as an individual, you know, and and that and that's probably a strange thing to hear when you think of Favre and his ways. But I think as an ind- individual, Rogers is probably a little bit more maverick. And but I think that I think that he will have a good twenty nineteen. Yeah, and I've no doubt. But the 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 thing is, and and I guess I'll I'll end my. And again, these are more open-ended comments and sort of uh, ponderances, more than anything else. But there was a rumor uh, with Aaron Rodgers' contract that there was a possibility that he would retire. So it's incredible that that was even going around. Now I know, like, take everything that you hear with a pinch of salt. But there was rumblings. And there was all this talk about that it's coming from agents that there was a high possibility that Aaron Rodgers, instead of shocking the world and going to a different team and not signing again with the Packers, blah, 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 is that he would just go, eh, kind of done with it now because he's he's a cerebral guy, a clever guy. He's shown himself to be more personable uh, in the media the last maybe two years, I would say. Um, certainly from my um, ignorant uh, Irish opinion, is that he seems like he's he's trying to be more of a person and not be that guy that the players, ex-players, for whatever disgruntlement that they had, uh, would come out and criticise him for not being personable, having a bit of dry personality, uh, you know, being difficult to deal with from time to time. So, so, I, so, so, so I think that he is a football guy, right? So I, so I, I think that, that despite all of the stuff that you hear around his family and his personal life and stuff and stuff. I think that football is still far and away the number one priority in his life. Mm. The, the, and I, and I, and I don't think despite any of the rumors that, that retirement is, is on his radar. I think, I think he'll play for as long as he feels that he's able to deliver at a, at a high level. Mm. So regardless of what anybody else thinks, if he thinks he's delivering at a high level, then I think he'll continue to play. My only reticence on that statement is if the Packers were to win a second Super Bowl under Rodgers, whether he may feel that that was the time to step away. So I don't see him, and none of, and none of us know, but I don't see him being a, a Tom Brady type of guy that's going to keep coming back for the third championship and the fourth championship. I just don't see that in his personality, but, but none of us know. 
Yeah, I, I guess I'd see a more Pete if if he had a really truly dynamic team. We get into a situation where we have a Seahawks or Rams style um team where you know we're balling out on both sides of the ball and we look generally unstoppable. But yeah, I don't see it that if if his career was to continue the way it is now, even when he's playing exceptional, but we end up making you know, the NFC Championship game every second or third year, I think that he'd hang up the boots in that regard because he'd be like, yeah, am I going to keep doing this? But one thing that really bugs me and one thing that does a disservice and one thing I think that lets Aaron Rodgers off the hook an awful lot of the time is the assumption that the reason that we haven't reached the Super Bowl every year is because everybody else has let him down. And I think that that's not a good lens to be looking at his career to say... Now, obviously, I love the guy. He's outstanding as an athlete. And, you know, we've never seen anybody play the game better. But, you know, it's such a disservice to the whole debate to just say, well, you've got to, you know, and every analyst who doesn't sort of in-depth look at the Packers always says the same crap. It's always, oh, well, well you've got Aaron Rodgers behind center. It's like, it's like, give me a break. All right? You know, there's an awful lot more nuances to the game than that. Um, albeit, yes, it can be true because we've seen the Hail Mary comebacks and the just the ridiculousness that comes from that man. But I don't think it's a given because of his skill level that nah. it's just everyone else has to step up and they're letting them down. No, and I, and I and I and I think and I think I personally think that that's lazy journalism. Yeah. So so so, so if you look at you know and I and I'm and I'm a history guy that kind of looks in the generalization of things and 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 if you look at the history of the NFL, there are a number of very top-notch quarterbacks, very top-notch quarterbacks, Hall of Fame quarterbacks, some of the best that have ever played this game that have no championships. Yeah. Dan Marino is the obvious one that comes to mind for kind of our generation. Um, you know, YA Tittle was probably the number one or number two quarterback in the late 50s and early 60s, got to the championship game for the Giants and the 49ers, I don't know, five, six times, never won. Yeah. You know, even the guys that have won just one Super Bowl, Brett Favre, Drew Brees, there's lots and lots and lots of those guys that are some of the greatest players that the NFL's ever seen that only have one championship. And that's for all kinds of reasons. So as I think to get into the debate, well, it's everybody around him and, and whatever else. Well, that's that's I'm really uncomfortable with that kind of reasoning. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's plenty of players as well uh, that have sort of been lost to the annals of time that no one even remembers, like Archie Manning. I mean, you know, these are yep. players that were seen as as guys who, had they been on better teams, would have would have done an awful lot better and been remembered an awful lot more. So, I mean, you know, there's some players that stand out as like, why a title? I mean, there's so many famous photos of that guy just being an absolute beast and getting, you know, just smushed <laughs> yeah. so many and, times. And, you know, and and. and... And you'd say it conversely, you know, if, if those players were so great, you know, if um, you look at the number of quarterbacks that have won championships for two different teams. Yeah. And there's two in the history of the NFL. It's incredible. Norm Van Brocklin and Peyton Manning. You know, Manning's came very recently. But you look at all of the great quarterbacks, nearly all of the great quarterbacks, you know, the Joe Montanas of this world and... Um, the Johnny Unitas of this world, the Brett Favs of this world, the nearly all of them have played for multiple teams across their across their career. Mm. You know, yes, a lot of them towards the end of their career, sure, but in the history of the NFL, a hundred years, only two quarterbacks have won championships for different teams, and so it's very much around you know horses for courses, and if they were so 
if it was so much dependent on the quarterback, then they'd be winning championships all over the place. And that's not the case. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fantastic point. Um, yeah. And it, it really does highlight how difficult it is. And that's the thing is that I, I guess in this sort of um, very, I don't know, what would you call it? Uh, I don't know. In, in, this, in, in the world that we live in, the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era that we live in, <laughs> uh, it's kind of, it's doing a disservice. It's it's like someone looking at a Ronaldo and a Messi and just expecting every player to play like them. You know, we're in an era where the two of those guys, and albeit they're in decline now, that's probably never going to happen again. And if it does, who knows if it'll happen in our lifetime. The same with the Patriots. I mean, you just don't hold a dynasty um, for that long. And horses, of course, is like you say. Uh, it turns out that uh, Bill Belichick has every course because he can just bring in <laughs> any type of player in free agency and make it work. Um, but look, I, I'm conscious that we've been, uh, as we always do, been chinwagging now for quite some time. Um, so I guess we don't have a whole lot of time to dip into uh, free agency targets. And maybe it's something that we can leave for next yeah, week. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so. Yeah, let's 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 do that. It's just just to point out. So there's a couple of key dates coming up. Yeah. So so on Tuesday the the nineteenth, that's the start of when the when teams can start designating franchise and transition tags to players. So I expect some free agents like Landon Collins and Demarcus Lawrence of the Cowboys. Those guys, I expect them to start getting tagged as of Tuesday. So yeah. that will take them pretty much take them off the free agent market. And then the next the next I think big thing coming up is the combine, which is the 26th of February. So middle of middle of the following week, which is when it, you know, kind of gets interesting. All of the 300 or so potential draftees head to Indianapolis and get their feet size measured and their <laughs> neck size measured and yeah. everything else, everything else measured. And, and, and there's a number of guys, I've got a list of about 10 players that I think are worth looking at Yeah. Um, for that, but maybe we'll leave that one till, till next week yeah and as you say i think it's a wise choice because we will get to see because for instance we could do a whole hour on landon collins and we could do a whole hour on Jadevian Clowney. but an awful of these players are more than likely maybe 90 percent going to hit the franchise tag uh, so there's no even point of talking about them. so let's see who's available um as the weeks roll on and um, but one thing that i want to address is this article that i'm after seeing um a, bit, a number of people reporting it saying that earl thomas is projected to land with the Packers. I mean, why? Because we need we need a safety. Yes, we do. That does not, by any means, lead to a projection that he's going to end on to the Packers. It's such BS offseason um, uh, storylines. I want to get carried away with it, and I love the idea. And I think that the articles are sound in the way they discuss it. The headline just seems a bit off. Um, so yes. I, I like I like what people are saying. Um, I like the the, the stuff behind it. Um, I also think that when people say, "Oh well, Earl Thomas is a guy from Texas. He's bought a house. Just he's just bought a house there. Um, he's going to Texas." I don't think by his real estate choice that he's going to force the Texans to do what he wants. If that was the case, for God's sake, I'd buy a house in Green Bay and expect the Packers to roll out the red carpet and give me a job. It doesn't work like that. Uh, but who knows what he knows or what anybody else knows. Um, but what I would say is, it's just. There's a bit of a caveat when it comes to off-season reporting and articles, and an awful lot of this stuff um, is an awful lot of wishful thinking, I guess, from the fan base or from the journalists who have a bias, or that people get carried away because someone writes something and everyone else runs away with it. Yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree, and I and I and I think that you know the basis of, of of that original article was all about in an ideal world, yeah, you know, he would be a perfect fit for the Packers, so I'm going to put old Thomas 
Green Bay Packers. And I, and I think that was the basis of the, of the very well-written article. But, I, but, but because that particular journalist uh, happened to put it down on a bit of paper that day doesn't make it any more likely to happen. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he was predicting this is going to happen. Yeah, um, you know, I, 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 I fully expect that that Earl Thomas is going to end up probably with the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, I've got no more in, inside information than what anybody else can 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 read on that. But I, you know, I fully expect that that Thomas will be will be quickly off the market. I think Collins will be quickly off the market, and then I think you're looking at that, that kind of second tier of of safeties. Yeah. Tyron Matthew and maybe the very lowest tier which is haha Clinton Dix that would be ironic I can I could think of a couple of guys Andy Davis if you're listening Paul <laughs> Davis if you're listening you'd love to have number 21 back I know oh, you yeah. would we know they're good proponents anyone who doubts <laughs> us in that just go to their Twitter and uh, the fact that they don't use expletives as well discussing the topic I think is, is quite commendable now there's one thing and I want to go on the record to say this is is that there's one thing that everyone can hold me to. And I think if you hold a middle finger up to your team as you're being stretched off, Earl Thomas is not going to be with the Seahawks. There's the hot take. I'm after putting it down. You can hold me to it. Oh, dear Jesus. I mean, what a breakdown. And that's, by the way, the reason why people are saying that this guy will be locker room poison um, because if the antics that he pulled when he was with the Seahawks. Now, I can understand that because it was actually supposed to be traded to the Kansas City Chiefs that week. Um, and they, were, they they played him in the game and they should have sat him. He ends up getting that leg break and getting carted off. So he stuck his finger up. And in fairness um, to, to Pete Carroll, he came out and said, you know, give the guy a break. It's a very emotional time. Uh, but yeah, that, that thing is a bit of a mess. But let's hold our breath. And when you see articles projecting people, and as you said, uh, Pete, that, that originally came from a pro football focus piece yeah. where they were projecting where they thought picks would go, not actually any inside information as to where they will go, just where they fit. Um, but of course, the, the safety holes open on teams all over the league. Um, but look, Peter, it's been, uh, it's been great. Is there any other business you want to address to the people before we uh, wrap this thing up? Um. No, but I am going to throw out one name for people to watch out for at the combine. I know we'll cover this again next week, but but the name the name is the is the edge rusher from Florida, Jakai Polite. So go and read all about Jakai and how how great a pass rusher he is, and see whether or not you think he's suitable for the Packers. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to digging our teeth into the draft stuff. Now, I think it's I'm I famously hate mock drafts. And I famously yep. think that they're a lot of BS, right? And I, I, and again, again, it's like any ideology or whatever. I don't care if some person thinks that they're great, their merits in it, and I'm definitely open to being, uh, to being drawn around. But I don't agree with a system where you say this one player is going to that one team because the minute someone doesn't pick them, your whole thing is ballsed up. But I like the way we do it here at UK Packers HQ, which is you know talking about the position of need and then going into multiple different picks. And I, I will put, I put this on record. Um, is that Andy Davies is nothing short of a wizard the way he's able to predict who goes, who stays. And like the stuff, he was delving into like fifth, sixth, seventh round. Um, you know, Jesus, if he was back in the day, he'd be digging into the 71st round uh, <laughs> when the draft used to go on that long. Um, you know, talking about who they could potentially pick and it always works out quite well. So do stick around for the coverage. Uh, yeah, it's amazing to me that the number that Andy actually gets for the right team. Because yeah. like you say, you know, the mock drafts could start to fall apart at the first pick if you're not careful. But the yeah. number that Andy, I'm pretty sure that Andy was there in the, in the 1956 draft predicting Bart <laughs> Starr in the 17th round. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Jesus, went on for a long time. But there you go. I mean, if 
if you want to talk about how these mock drafts die on their arse, you only have to go back to the 2005 draft <laughs> uh, when Aaron Rodgers wasn't selected. Uh, but yeah, vintage moment. But anyway, Pete, uh, it's great to have you. Everyone should uh, get onto the website, jkpackers.co.uk, and, and get onto the blog and read all of Pete's stuff. Definitely follow at IT underscore Hedgehog uh, for all of your Packers analysis needs. Uh, there's multiple tweets today, all common sense, no BS or no sort of um, clickbait crap going on. It's all good stuff um, from Mr. Peter Jones and also on Facebook. Get into the closed group on Facebook. Um, you know, Peter's a real conversation starter with stuff like that, as is everybody else. If you want to throw in your two uh, cents, you can be super experienced. You can be not experienced um, at yeah, all. And, uh, and sorry to in- interrupt, Steve. There are some excellent posters on there. Some, yeah. some really, really excellent conversations and, 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 and people that post some really good links to articles or, or their own points of view or questions of really good stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, to catch the breaking news, I mean, you only have to f- to get into that group or follow the page um, at UK Packers to find the whole community, because that's what it's about, posts yeah. and stuff, you know, it's not sort of authoritative, it's not sort of, you know, Stalin coming in and banging posts and deleting stuff, everything is kind of, you know, obviously within reason, I mean, if you're going to be, a, if you're going to be, a, you know, all right, I'll, I'll try not to, try not to swear, if you're going to start abusing people for no reason, it's ridiculous, but uh, we don't have that, it's a, it's a great community, uh, so follow the, you can follow us on Instagram, as well at UK Packers we we post some uh, funny pics from time to time the off season is going to be a bit uh, dry and of course follow myself I like to start debate at NFL, um on Twitter also but from us this week myself and Pete it's goodbye top of the morning to everybody <laughs> <laughs>